0: Hello and welcome to this month's podcast, brought to you by nutri My name is Will Chu and I'm the Science and Technology Editor. Now this month, I caught up with Dr. Andrew Scully, Professor of Human Psychopharmacology at Monash and Swinburne Universities in Melbourne, Australia. Now, Dr. Scully's latest venture is as Principal Director of Metavate Consulting that works closely with industry to translate science into evidence-based benefits to brain health. Dr. Scully began by explaining the motivations behind setting up Metavate Consulting.
1: So, yeah, I think I should probably just make that really clear. Um, I've sort of left full time employment from Swinburne, but I still do have um, uh, an adjunct position there. um, And also Monash University, actually, another university in Melbourne. Um, But um, yeah, so so I still I'm still quite um, heavily involved in some of the clinical trials on natural products, which are ongoing there. But um, as you said, yeah, I was quite frustrated with um, the fact that it was quite hard to get over that very last hurdle in terms of translating the findings from clinical trials. So I think, you know, I've been around long enough to, uh, yeah, to have a a reasonably, I think, well, actually pretty good track record by the usual academic standards so you know hundreds of peer-reviewed papers um tens of millions of dollars of, of research funding mm-hmm. um and it would have been quite easy to to carry on with that i think but myself and um my my colleague uh, professor con stow um had been talking for a while about the fact that we were frustrated about just just not really being able to do that last thing which is to um to you know just being able to translate the findings into real benefits Mm -hmm. for the public and for the companies who are supporting this research Um, and so we um, decided with a with another friend and colleague Nigel Pollard to start this consulting company Metavate and the idea is that um, we're, we're pretty well connected and I think that both Con and myself, really understand how the business side of things works. So uh, I think we're we're fairly unusual as academics in that we've worked very closely with industry. Um, you know, many years ago, I was actually embedded in, in Nestle for six months, um, helping to set up their cognitive sciences um, group there. And so uh, I think, you know, that gave me a really good understanding of how how the market works and what's needed to get over that final hurdle um, and so yeah and so that, that, that's that's part of it the other part I guess is that um, con and myself uh, and Nigel Pollard have a really good network of collaborators both within industry but also in academia so if um, a year ago you came to me and said uh, we've got this product our um, yeah our market people are telling us that the customers say it's making them feel a bit sharper or improving their mood. Um, you know where where should we go and do a clinical trial to test this? I would probably have said well the only place really to do that is Swimburn. Whereas now I could probably uh, or we MetaBase as a company could look at all the different options and think about where might be the best place to do that if the focus was on say, neuroimaging, or if it was looking at the gut-brain axis or the heart-brain axis. Um, so it kind of, I think, makes us as academics feel a little, bit, a little bit less constrained by what we can do. So we can still carry on doing the fun stuff, which is running clinical trials, writing papers, interpreting data, but um, we can also really help customers customers and clients and, and the in- industry at whole. To translate the findings.
0: Mm -hmm. Fantastic, Andrew. Um, Well, you mentioned so much about the kind of services you're offering and the kinds of directions you're heading in with Metavate Consulting. Uh, I just wondered, without going into too much detail or or, or, or with the client confidentiality and things like that, could you perhaps Mm -hmm. talk about the kinds of companies you work with and perhaps uh, um, talk about some of the trends and directions that you're seeing within the nutrition industry that you know, the industry seems to be heading in?
1: Yeah, so um, so the first question is, you know, about the the kinds of companies, and, um, you know, it's a young company. We only launched officially last month. Um, there's a, quite a lot of front-end work in launching a company, which was something that, uh, that I had to learn about, which has been very exciting, actually. <laughs> uh, we do have clients, but as you say, there are confidentiality clauses um, in place so uh, I think that will become clear over the next few months who those are mm. um, but si- suffice to say we've ma- maintained uh, suffice to say we've maintained good relationships with many of the companies that we've worked with over over the years so um, that that includes actually companies ranging from from startups to big fortune 500 companies like uh, GSK, Bayer, Nestle, Unilever, uh, DuPont, SFI, Horfag, many of the companies that um, we see featuring in neutral ingredients as well. Um, you know, we've worked with, um, with those and, and hopefully we'll continue to do that in the future. Um, in terms of the particular trends, I think that um, My area is mood and cognition, although one can't look at that in isolation. So that includes things like um, glycemic control and vascular function. Um, Obviously, the microbiome now, which I know um, uh, you you have an interest in. Um, The trends, I think, are really um, the trends that are growing are looking at um, brain health in ageing. And that won't go away. That's something which is only increasing. And I think that, um, you know, really the, the, the answer to that is going to be with um, natural, natural medicines, natural products, and, and lifestyle medicine, sort of diet and exercise, and possibly some botanicals. And I think there's no better illustration of that than the recent licensing of the FDA. Of this um, anti-amyloid monoclonal antibody, which uh, you may be aware of, has has caused a lot of controversy. And the fact is that's a drug that doesn't work. It's Mm -hmm. expensive and it may make your brain bleed. Uh, It certainly causes brain bleeding in in 40 percent of people. So um, I think that the really reductionist pharmaceutical approach to brain health has failed spectacularly over the decades. And there is really good emerging evidence that there are modifiable lifestyle factors which can really protect the brain in ageing. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we want to really try and help industry to do that.
0: Fantastic. Well, we can we can talk a little about talk a little bit about uh, nutrition and and it's linked to healthy aging a little bit later on but um, for the moment I I just wanted to talk about uh, cognitive health in relation to uh, sports nutrition Um, Mm -hmm. and I know athletes have uh, lately been particularly interested in products that help with the mental aspect of uh, Mm -hmm. peak sporting performance and I wondered with with your speciality in cognitive health I I wondered if you were able to comment on the the kind of science that identifies those such ingredients as vitamins and their effect on perhaps concentration or perhaps more exotic ingredients such as a curcumin and their benefits to mood um could you could you perhaps comment on the science and how that can link to uh sporting performance
1: um i I can a a little bit it's it's obviously not my key area but it's something that i've got quite interested in um uh, recently partly because of um actually a, a different endeavor and Perhaps I should just mention this, but uh, but before I do, absolutely full disclosure. This is a um, a company from New Zealand called Arepa, and I am on the advisory board, so I want to make that absolutely mm-hmm. clear. Um, sure. But they they are um, they uh, have this this product which is um, a New Zealand blackcurrant product with some really interesting properties for the brain, uh, which is kind of why why I've got involved and. Again, they are really um, supporting uh, the science Um, and they've just done a trial, which I can't talk too much about because it's not been published yet. But they're looking at um, seeing if the cognitive enhancing effects of this berry product of this um, blackcurrant product um, can work in elite athletes. And they're doing some they've just completed some trials, which um, I would love to talk about, but I want to wait until they're peer-reviewed mm-hmm. um uh looking at uh cognition um in recovering in, in athletes you know during a recovery phase and during uh training etc and i think it's really interesting somebody who's um a soccer fan which kind of emerged from um you know during my lifetime where you know people would eat a big plate of you know chips and um you know, in a pie in the morning before going out <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and, you know, uh, having a, a, an elite level game of soccer. Um, I think over the last sort of two decades or so, the nutrition side has become more and more important. And now I think it's, it's kind of um, moving beyond just that, um, you know, the kind of nutraceuticals and, and similar kind of um, uh, uh, interventions that make, can make somebody sort of stronger and faster, you know, there's a, you can get to a kind of peak of being strong and fast. Um, and there's increasing recognition that the next frontier really is looking at um, things like improving ongoing decision-making and reaction times so that people can make the right decisions in a split second and That could give people the edge in competition, um, and they're also very important for people who, who, who engage in sports just as a hobby, of course, wanting to get a, you know, PB, a personal best or whatever. Um, and clearly, uh, things which um, which can, for example, reduce fatigue or improve working memory are um, are really important for that, and and certainly the the curcumin product that I've worked with um, long Vida is is um, is yeah you know, the evidence is very strong that that it can improve both of those um, uh, yeah there, there are maybe there are probably other similar products out there that I, that I haven't worked with which do do similar but but I certainly know about that one um, and again there's some some work looking at um, vitamins, particularly uh, B vitamins actually which which seem to suggest that they they improve um, physical performance um, and uh, measures of, of certain measures of metabolism. I'm thinking about my um, um, uh, work by um, David Kennedy in, in my old lab at, at Northumbria University, who's who um, has, has been doing some work in that space recently. Um, and of course, I think from the industry point of view, it's quite interesting because I think that historically there's been quite a lot of compartmentalization in terms of um, having a, uh, you know, looking at sports performance as being very separate to say, cognitive performance and mood. Hmm. Um, and I think part of that actually is is sort of really underestimating what consumers understand about, about this field uh, and, and thinking, well, you know, we can only give them one message at a time, which I think is doing a little bit of a disservice to uh, to many people out there who just want to take control of their of their health um, and of course biological systems don't work like that biological systems are very um, intimately related and so the kind of um, processes that improve cognition so you know things like blood flow glucose control insulin sensitivity um Things like, you know, reducing stress hormones or modulating stress hormones, uh, reducing inflammation, and oxidative stress are all important factors for sports performance as well.
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much, Andrew. Um, Just just perhaps just to extend that theme, um, I wondered, um, along with natural ingredients, uh, the gut microbiome has also been identified in influencing our cognitive health. in your experience, uh, what, what, what do you think about how this influence, how diets, wellness and lifestyle uh, are influenced by the gut microbiome? And perhaps could you comment on the, the, the commercial directions taken in gut health uh, currently and in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, um, I guess I feel a little bit mixed about it, if I'm if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it clearly, the gut brain axis has a huge amount of potential. And I think that all of us working in the brain health field really, really want it to work because it's such a, a beautifully elegant um, kind of model of modulating this, this, you know, this system, which we know has these really rich interconnections with, with brain health, um, you know, through metabolites, through inflammation, through through, um vagus um the, uh, the vagus nerve etc so um I I have to say that I think that the human clinical trials to date have been somewhat disappointing um the the animal work is really compelling I think that some of the work in um in Frank clinical populations has been very promising as well um some of the work in non-clinical populations which you know is, is sort of in a sense are the are the important ones because that's most of us most of us are in that kind of 90 percent where we um you know where we're not um you know we don't have a pathology and we're not unfortunately exceptional either um so you know moving within that that sort of 90 percent to make us as healthy as we can i think is very important Um, The trials of pre and probiotics in healthy populations um, have been a bit disappointing, I think, that's my reading of them. Um, uh, Certainly, I've been involved in a couple of large reviews that that concluded that um, and, you know, no one was more disappointed than than me. But, you know, science doesn't care whether you're disappointed or not, unfortunately. on the other hand, I think there are some emerging data w- which look more promising. There are um, a couple of um, clinical trials that um, have just been published, particularly looking at anti-stress effects, which look much more promising. And again, I guess I, I you know, I am aware of a number of studies which are um, sort of in the pipeline which haven't undergone peer review yet which I know have, have you know, the, the people who run the trials are very excited about. So I think that at the moment, there's probably a bit more heat than light. But the part of that, I think, is because maybe the trials haven't been designed with exactly the right outcomes. Um, and, you know, I think we'll get there. OK. I mean, what what one aspect about that is that we do know that, Um, the microbiota the gut microbiota for example is exquisitely sensitive to uh, manipulation and modification much more so than um, many other physiological systems so Mm. so you know it should work it just it just needs the right evidence i think
0: Mm. Um, well andrew i think that's uh, that's a podcast in itself isn't it Uh, because it's The amount of of information coming out now, we could uh, talk about it for hours. Um, As it is at the moment, I think we have about five or six minutes left on this podcast. And I have another couple of questions for you. Um, You talk about the gut microbiome being perhaps an emerging area, relatively new, but another area is perhaps the e-gaming section, uh, something uh, that needs quicker reaction times, increased focus and attention span, all cognitively related. Andrew, I wondered if you could comment on the role nutrients, extracts, ingredients uh, could have in this specialised sector. And perhaps give me your thoughts on, on this sector and wh- whether whether you have any interest in e-sports or e-gaming.
1: Um, look, I, I think, again, it's another real um, frontier area for for natural products or mm-hmm. nutraceuticals, um, probably, you know, everything that I said about, um, sports performance relates to esports as well. Um, there are, you know, there are huge, it's a huge area for, for young people. Um, you know, probably, yeah, you know, I, I'm an old fart, but a lot of people <laughs> under the age of sort of, you know, 30, are, you know, really very, very regular, um, Uh, gamers and and yeah and i know that there's a huge market again the problem is that it's unregulated so Mm. uh, uh, i am aware um, that of work looking at the kind of um, products that people are using but it all tends to be um, you know people going into chat rooms bulletin boards (laughs) um, discussing these at these products but a lot of them are untested so the products that can improve there are products out there that can improve um you know reaction times focus attention things that can get you into this you know sort of flow state where you're in the zone which Mm. is what what people want not just in the gaming environment but you know in their day-to-day work as well i think um but what we really need a a good clinical studies looking at Gaming performance as, as an outcome why not um and looking looking at the effects and, and using good cognitive science to try and work work out you know what what is effective and of course safe that's the other thing because um if people are taking untested products in unregulated ways there could be um you know she could be problems i think mm. um and and so you know i think that is one thing that the really uh, uh, yeah, know we're really really um, uh, very very tied to the idea of evidence so I think you know our philosophy is based on on two words really evidence and translation um, and that's not just for you know that's not um, just in terms of running and designing and interpreting clinical trials but with you know that that's kind of what myself and Con Stau have expertise in but um with Nigel on board, um, you know, he, he, he has a great deal of experience in things like sourcing ingredients. Um, and we're talking about the kind of whole roadmap of what we're calling source to benefit mapping mm. um, that, that, you know, we're, we're hoping that we can help industry with. Would, um,
0: if any gaming company or product developer came to MetaVate Consulting, would you would you consider taking them on and working with them? considering it's such a new
1: area yeah yeah of course I think um I mean actually uh you say it's a new area but um some of the very early work on brain imaging and looking at the way in which um the brain in which people sort of get better with training was done on on some of the early games like um some very famous work on um tetris (laughs) Uh. if you know if you don't know if that's like you'll probably uh, no
0: big fan Big fan.
1: yeah oh well yeah so tetris is where you get these sort of falling geometric blocks and you have to fit them neatly into into patterns and you know um and yeah some of the early brain imaging work was looking at what happens to the brain um when people go from being naive to tetris to experts Mm. and and yeah really interesting in fact what happens is the brain becomes less active um, because it becomes more efficient so there is this sort of process of of neural efficiency when people become very skilled at something um and again you know there there is some evidence that certain um, natural products particularly the flavonoids may even help with that with those sort of processes hmm. okay um well andrew
0: we are coming to the end of this podcast um my, perhaps my final question is uh, going back to the healthy aging aspect we mentioned earlier um I wondered if you were able to make any predictions as to the future of cognitive health um, particularly as a result of an aging population uh and perhaps you could comment on some of the products that claim to ward off mental decline
1: yeah um I think um yeah I, I, as I said earlier I think that the the um the future is is bright i think um there's increasing recognition that the signs of future cognitive decline maybe can be there in in midlife not unlike you know sort of cardiovascular health for example and there's an increasing recognition that uh, a a promising approach and a realistic approach is to try and um, you know, I don't really like the word prevention but at least sort of uh, have some level of risk reduction for future cognitive decline by um, having um, strategies in place in in midlife so that that includes um, as I said some, you know exercise uh, having good diet but I think that there may be a role for, nutraceuticals there, particularly in certain populations. And there is increasing evidence from um, work on on, um, uh, flavonoids, which are found in brightly colored foods, um, berries, um, things like the Mediterranean diet, but also from individual, um, you know, products, um, you know, the, the, the B vitamins, for example, Antioxidants like um, pycnogenol and endogenol, um and uh, yeah, curcumin, fish oils, a whole host of products which seem to be able to um, help to at least um, slow the decline into mental fragility that occurs with aging. Um, and, and as I said before, I think, you know, part of this is that when you think about it, it hasn't really been a blockbuster for the brain that's come out of a pharma for decades. You know, and I think, you know, apart from this recent um, anti-amyloid antibody, which, you know, I think, I think is probably a high, you know, I hope not, but I think probably a, a highway to nothing. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a lot of the big um, pharmaceutical companies are actually looking at natural products because they can see that maybe they have the um, kind of cocktail of properties which will help to um, help to prevent cognitive decline and not just not just by hammering one single neurotransmitter system but by modifying a number of processes which you know might include the ones that i talked about earlier glucose control blood flow Cardiovascular function, oxidative stress, and inflammation. Um, you know these hormone axes uh, modify the the microbiome, and and yeah, you know, I think that that's the way forward. So um, we're getting older, populations are getting older, um, but I think that there are potentially um, products out there which can help to mitigate against cognitive decline. But we really need good high-level clinical trials to support that.
0: That was Dr Andrew Scully giving us his thoughts on the direction cognitive health is moving towards and the role nutrients, products and ingredients are playing as consumers are paying more attention to mental fitness, especially in light of the ongoing pandemic. My thanks to Andrew for his time and also to you for listening. These these podcasts only work thanks to your support, so please remember to subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app. Also, consider sharing this with any friends or colleagues who may be interested. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and Google Podcasts. Until next time,
1: goodbye for now.